Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the Wire. Now, last episode, we teased this episode because we knew it was going to be a banger. Shout out to P. P, you want to explain what the hell we doing today? So basically what I did was I hit the guys up and I told them what we should do is build each other as basketball players, but in six categories. And how I got the idea was 2K. If you look at my team, uh, they have the ratings of the, the cards in six mm -hmm. categories. And it's outside scoring, inside scoring, uh, playmaking, defending, rebounding, and athleticism. So I told the guys, let's create each other using players for each category. So for example, if we were building, I don't know, our friend, a, a random friend who was just incredible at shooting, we would say JJ Redick outside shooting. Or if he was a terrible defender, we would put a terrible defender and that's basically it. But we know how much y'all love this type of content or whenever mm -hmm. we do anything like this. So we know how big this would be. Um, so we all did all three of us, I'm hoping, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically <laughs> it. I, I've, I've been ready for this. I'm super interested to hear everybody's decisions. Who was uh, the hardest for y'all? Who was the hardest? Yeah. Um, a, a little bit of everybody. It just depends on the categories. It was some yeah. parts that was hard for KB. It was some yeah, parts KB that was, was hard, hard for me. Hard for me. And then with some parts that was hard for Mike. Every uh, each one of y'all for me has like one spot that I just really took a long time trying to figure out. Yeah. Uh, for example, like D Mills playmaking. I don't know D Mills playmaking. Yeah. Hey, I thought I found a perfect one for D Mills, and I I think uh P might just kind of like see it too, because we always talk about this player and his type of like playmaker, what he do with the ball. So I, I'm actually excited to really just get into it. Who, who y'all want to start off with? Wait, wait. My question is, did y'all make one for yourselves too? No, I, I'd be too biased. I'd be too biased. See, that's why I wanted own. to see it. I yeah. wanted to see yeah. how biased y'all was gonna get with each other. I made one for myself too. Mm. I'm, I'm gonna um, want to hear it. Yes, yeah, and I don't think it's. I could probably make one on the fly. Mm -hmm. But um, like Pierre mentioned this in the group chat that he spent a lot of time on this. I did too. Um, yeah, I, I did a combination of. A lot of different stuff. I was on cleaning the glass, looking at like shot charts and like hot and cold zones. I was looking at percentages. You know what I'm saying? How how open a player is on certain plays. For example, because y'all know when we play, I most of my shots usually like open threes, right? So I went yeah. through to see like who takes the most open threes in the NBA and then pair mm -hmm. with the percentages. Is like, look, okay. I spent. This is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. <laughs> this is gonna be good. Um, who do y'all want to do first? That's a great question. I, I, um, Y'all, wheel decider? Sure. Wheel decider? Uh, we can do wheel that, decider real do, quick. Be while, while P's setting up wheel decider, I didn't I didn't do this early in the episode, but Mike, how you doing today, bro? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm back on the My Team Grand. They started to drop a lot of stuff on the My mm -hmm. Team. Especially, I like how they deal with the Unlimited, where uh, you go 11 and 1, you could still get that Will Chamberlain. I promise you, we was just talking about how they need to make improvements well, like yeah. that. And they and they did it. They upgraded the token so market too. my question to you is, does that make you upset? Since you went 12 and 0 multiple times, and now people can just go 11 and 1 and get that card that you no. grind at 12 and 0 for? No. Because I'm about to I... finish, y'all. Okay. There you go. It looked like me. All right. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be Mike. It looked like me. All right, before we start, too, rest in peace to Jerry Salone. Yeah. That's great. Uh, former Chicago Bull as well. Yep. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. All right, so who who kicking it off? Who kicking it off? With I'll go. Outside? I'll go. Okay. I'll go. 
Y'all want to start with outside scoring? Yeah, we gonna, we going to take a category by category. You can give your outside, I give mine, and then we'll talk about why we picked those things. So I picked Tobias Harris for outside scoring for Pierre. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like he's a solid three-point shooter, but his mid-range game is kind of above his three-point shooting. I felt like that was kind of his range to where I feel like his shooting would play into. That's very interesting because Tobias Harris crossed my mind, but not for P, but mm-hmm. for somebody else on the call. Um, my outside was Gordon Hayward, where like he's a very good three point shooter. I think he's like he's top of the league, kinda. But the thing is, he just doesn't take them as often as you as somebody else would. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. similar to D Mills, where he gets a lot of his points in the mid range area, um, and also, actually, we'll leave it at that, and I'll transition to the next one after Mike gives his outside. Uh, my outside scoring, I I gave it to Austin Rivers. It's just like P. He's a good shooter, like you said. He doesn't take much more of them, but I feel like when he's hot, that's when he's really he he's definitely gonna start trying to um he's gonna he's gonna try to light you up. Austin Rivers shot thirty six percent from deep. I feel like that's how what P would shoot. So that's how I kind of got that name. And also, yeah, that that pull up light jumper. He he's kind of like one of those dudes that definitely like to shoot off the momentum. Okay. Yeah, I didn't really go with Austin Rivers because I feel like P doesn't – P more so, like, he doesn't – I feel like Austin Rivers does a lot of spotting up because Harden and Westbrook are, like, kicking it out to him. I feel mm-hmm. like P is more so, like, creating his shot and, like, creating his mid-range jumpers off the dribble. So that's why I feel like Tobias Harris was, like, the more perfect example. Like we getting, we getting in, into I like it. I, I, like I like this. That. I like that. I like this. Uh, inside scoring, I guess I'll start off. This is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I would put. That was hard. Part. It was yeah. hard. This, this <laughs> is the hardest category for you, for sure. Um, and obviously, we not talk. none of us are out here bad, like dunking on people and stuff. Exactly. So, yeah. so it was more for me, it was more like the mold of the way you finish at the rim. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a player that we have plenty of arguments about, Chris Middleton. Because Middleton. he is kind of slow. And then when he does go to the lane, it is, it is very like – calculated more than it's like athleticism I'm gonna jump over you type stuff so I went with Chris Middleton Uh, he's one of the better finishers in the league too at the rim Uh, very slow paced but he gets the job done this one might be kind of odd I kind of went with Norman Powell I felt like he was good at getting to the rim and I felt like he's not really like a dude that's really like jumping out the gym shit I think of Norman Powell I think he dunk on people (laughs) (laughs) Uh, from my inside scoring I went with like um, a dude that you wouldn't even really think about his finishing, but like a guy that kind of just gets his points inside from like how he creates his, uh, from using his handles. But Ricky Rubio, um, he shoots around like 48%. That's how I got a lot of mine. I, I kind of based it on like eye tests and what I think you would do if you were actually playing. But like, I think P's a decent finisher, but I'm gonna have to tell you, P, my biggest downfall when you finish is you you love trying to look for the open man. Like a lot of times mm. you'll have an open layup, you'll smoke it because you just not concentrated. Yep. That is your thing. <laughs> Might be like, man, lay it up. Just finish yeah. the ball. Yeah, just just score, P. Because yeah. you keep killing me. I like I like what, I like that. What's the next category? Playmaker. I didn't do mine in order. Playmaker? Yeah. Uh I did Brandon Ingram. Really? I gave you Brandon Ingram's playmaking. And y'all, you y'all are nice with it, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> and that's all. I gave too. you Cal Anderson at first, but I switched. I switched that. Well, I mean, I, was... I guess just the name. I mean, Brandon Ingram ain't blowing nobody out the water as far as no. like, he has playmaking, but ain't like you know all star from mm-hmm. playmaking. So yeah, my playmaking was uh, a combination of two people. Um, I have Alfred Payton and Justice Winslow. 
Um, mm, because yeah, I, I, like I, I think because Alfred Payton is just such a good you know playmaker. I mean, we we kind of don't talk about it because he doesn't really do anything hey, else. But he's one hey, thing he's, he's very good at is playmaking. <laughs> and I put Justice Winslow because you're even even though in reality when it comes to the NBA you would be like a point guard when we play in the normal world when people are average heights and stuff you're more <laughs> like a, a point forward over anything yeah. so yeah. I put those two and combine them mm-hmm. uh playmaking I gave him Fred Van Fleet which I mean he is a very smart passer like I said his handle's not blowing nobody out the water but I mean he he's got enough to where it's gonna kind of daze you to sleep and also um it's just his IQ his ability to make the right plays Okay, okay, okay. Defense. This one was Otto Porter. Yo, I have Otto Porter too, bro. <laughs> I feel I like mine Otto is Porter in the too. same mold. I don't know how actually good Harrison Barnes is a defender, but I feel like he's just like a solid defender, especially with like his body size. Yeah, I think I think I went Otto Porter because he is like he's not an amazing defender, but he gets the job done type yeah. of defender. Yeah. Um that's funny that me and Demios both ended up with Otto Porter. <laughs> I, I'm not, I was curious if anybody's going to have any of the two same answers. That's funny. Uh, uh, next category is rebounding, which is kind of like a weird category. It is. Um, P, I gave him Jeremy Lamb just because, like, Jeremy Lamb has super long arms, and I feel like that's how naturally. He just he's naturally gets a rebound. Hmm. Yeah, I went with a forward that's solid at rebounding. He's been pretty solid at his whole career. I went with Rudy Gay. I felt okay. like he's a dude that's always been a solid rebounder for a forward type position. I see. It seemed like we all pretty much got the same mold. I went, uh, went with Kelly Oubre. Mm-hmm. So these, these players kind of look like each other in the grand scheme of things. Uh, somebody that's not getting rebounds solely based off their athleticism type guy, mm-hmm. um, but still a good rebounder for that position for sure. Athletic- the last one. Athleticism. Yeah. I think we may have the same. I, I, I put Cal Anderson. I put Kyle Anderson too. I think Kyle Anderson's like the perfect, yeah, slow, I put, methodic. I put Sadoransky. Okay, you know I, that fits too. That fits too. It does. I didn't it even does. think of Sado. Yeah, it does fit. Yeah, those are all great answers for uh, athleticism. I like I like those answers. I, I do. Um, I'm going to wheel decide for the next person, and it looks like it is going to be Demios. Ah, oh, okay. I'm excited to hear these. D-Mills, this was this one was the most fun for sure. Uh, I'll start off with D-Mills outside. So I every once in a while I create all of us in 2K, put us on the draft class, and then see where we get we get drafted. And the player that you're molded after a lot of times is Bobby Portis, bro. So that's who I picked for the outside is Bobby Portis, <laughs> mid range jumper, can hit the three for sure. Um, but those those are the two things for sure. Yeah, I got Bobby Portis as well. I think D. Mills got a very nice touch when he shoots it. Um, and on some days, he's a better outside scorer than inside scorer. Yeah. Kind of a lot of the times it is. Um, but I feel like, yeah, Bobby Portis is a nice one. Just got a real good touch, uh, mid-range and a three. And Bobby Portis, when he's focused, is the same way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got somebody, a big man with a soft touch, too. I got Vucevic. He one of those dudes that really likes that mid-range, and when he feeling it, he could definitely step out and hit that three. Okay. And is feeling good over there right. with the Vucevic pick. You know, you know I love me some Vucevic. <laughs> Inside, it should be very interesting for y'all, man. That's very interesting because I'm not athletic at all. Inside is <laughs> tough for me just because, like I said, you know, um, some days 
D-Mills can go in there. Well, mm-hmm. A lot of the times we play, his inside scoring is usually in the early moments of when we playing because he kind of runs out of gas. Mm-hmm. And he's not – He don't. you know, we've had the conversations of D-Mills being like, man, don't feed me the ball. I don't want it. So oh, I was trying I'm... to think of, you know mm-hmm. – but I just went with Derek Favors, man. It wasn't Yo, too many guys have... that I could pick. And I know Derek Favors has the ability to score, but he's not overbearing or anything. Yeah, yeah. So I picked Derek Favors. I picked Derek I, Favors too. Really? Y'all had yeah. Derek? I feel like did. I must be kind of sleep on Derek Favors' offense. I thought it. I don't, the guy I gave Derek Favors inside. I I, I I gave him Valanciunas. I feel like a lot of things that you just said, P, is right. Valanciunas. Wait, wait though. For the soft touch, Valanciunas is 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 getting his. He's like a ain't <laughs> he, he he a dude that can get his, but he he not no dude that's gonna like you said. He's not gonna close out and be the big like the big time guy. He a nice he a nice scoring option. Man, he better than uh your boy I just named though. Yeah, that's how I. I don't know, man. Yeah, I I might I'm be sleeping. nothing wrong with your answer. I'm just saying when me and KB said Derek Favors, you was like, man, I must be sleeping on him. Cause I thought Derek had a better offense than some Derek Favors. I thought he was better, at least inside. I, I think I think so. So Derek Favors kind of suspect. I had Derek Favors in parentheses. I had LMA because yeah. when when Derek that first two minutes of the game, yeah. D Mills can look like a Lamarcus Aldridge sometimes, but for the rest of it, he's looking more like Derek Favors. So I had to go with the bulk <laughs> answer more than just the first two minutes. Exactly. You know, you gotta mm. take that into consideration with D Mills. Yeah. Playmaking. Um, this one, Derek is just so sloppy with the ball. He he knows what to do, and he has the IQ to make the right plays, but I think he just, like, he uncoordinated, so I gave him Julius Randle for playmaking. Ooh. He always – I was yeah. going to give him Julius Randle, but except as sloppy as Julius Randle can be, he does actually have a playmaking ability. Yeah. Derek just – I don't remember any plays ever being made for Derek. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the Julius Randle because Julius yeah. Randle is out of control. And but you know the other thing about Derek is he only has that occasional where he'll try to do some extra. Mm-hmm. Julius Randle kind of do it like five times a game. Yeah. Um, so I get a playmaker to Aeneas Cantor just because I just don't <laughs> think of Aeneas Cantor as a playmaker. Yeah. I was just trying to get him somebody whose playmaking is non-existent, and somebody might actually be in the comments like Aeneas Cantor is actually a pretty good playmaker if you look into this. So I don't know. I just Never thought of him <laughs> as a playmaker. Um, so I just went with him. D Mills, yeah, how, how would you rate your playmaking? I would say I have the ability to make solid passes, but I'm not really looking to pass. I just kind of look to score. But if I see an open man, I will get it to him. Like, there's no. Hey, bro, no Derek, be, Derek will get the rebound and he'll try to make an outlet pass and he'll outthrow you like like 10, 10 feet. Or he'll underthrow you. Yeah. Get on the kicks, uh, Same thing, because I promise you, or he'll be double teaming him in the post, and he'll try to kick it to me because he'll see me on like the the far side of my open. He'll overthrow it, but bro, I'm telling you, the last game we were just talking about last episode, where remember he was on the other team, he started going hard. If you remember, we had started catching up to him a little bit, and I promise you, we was double teaming Derek in the post, and he had a real nice backdoor pass. Oh yeah, and that the was game. the game when yeah, that was the game winning point. Oh, uh, was so, like it? I say, mm-hmm. yeah. He had a real nice backdoor pass. So I say he got it. It's just I don't know. It's like what? Yeah, it's not what he does. Interesting. Um, I I gave him Myers Leonard because Myers mm-hmm. Leonard has like the lowest assist rate in the entire goddamn NBA. See, that's good. <laughs> I, I would if if I'd have had that information, I'd probably went the same way. I was just trying to think of somebody because I saw Aeneas Cantor gives you one assist but then one turnover. So it's like <laughs> just one and one. Yeah. Defense. 
This why I had Julius oh, Randle. Oh, they do bad. That's oh. why. Because That's why Julius, I had Bobby Portis. Julius Randle has to be the laziest defender I've ever seen. And that's where D Mills, that's just D Mills' thing. Where like he'll stand in the paint, he just won't really do anything. It's really just based on effort. Mm-hmm. Uh I've seen D Mills try to get nitty and gritty like when he's guarding Pierre, but for the most part, he just doesn't give effort defensively. He won't get back when you need him to. <laughs> so I picked I picked Julius Randle. I picked Bobby Portis. The same thing. It's just like when they want to, they can show you something, but you're not gonna get it hundred percent of the time. Yeah. I have picked Zubak from the Clippers, and Zubak, <laughs> he he has some flashes where he is good, but I, he just like sometimes could be lazy, don't get back, a little soft, and that's how I be viewing D Mills. Uh, Zubak actually uh, block a shot or two. D Mills don't even block shots or nothing. So, I think Julius Randle is a good one because he just be out there. <laughs> but when Derek do be blocking the shots though, everybody be turning their heads though because he be trying to he be <laughs> definitely trying to send it to the next court, the the third row, yeah. whatever. I, I think off the top of my head, I could. I remember him getting one block at four hill. Yeah, yeah bro, on like that, on yeah. surge, right? It was on surge. Yep. It's like, yep. man, D Mills really put the effort in. And then he didn't play defense for the rest of the game. That was his one for defensive the rest stop. Of and it was over here. with. I have no remembrance of any other blocks after that. <laughs> I was gassed. <laughs> Speaking of gas, athleticism. I picked uh, Omari Spellman. Mm. Oh. They've had the concerns about Omari Spellman not being able to stay in shape and different things like that. But when he is in shape, we know what he can, you know, he's a, he's a pretty solid basketball player. So I just went with Omari Spell. I went current day Marcus All. <laughs> so you got the athleticism of like a 36 year old yeah. guy. I'm going to go Marcin. I can see that. I'm going to go Marcin Gortat. Hey, the hammer? The Polish hammer? <laughs> the Polish hammer. The, wait, did we do rebounder? No. No, nah, for re- for rebounding, I got him as Brooke Lopez. Me too. Oh, Brooke man. Lopez. Is it a three-way tie? Is it a three-way tie? I put Kelly Olenek because he's just not a good oh. rebounder either. But we all got the same <laughs> idea in mind. We're like, this yeah. man should be getting a lot of rebounds, but instead he just don't get many at all. Bruh, I, it had to be so many times where we, we went to go play a full-court game, and they're all looking at Derek like, who's got Derek? Who's got Derek? And then it's yeah. just Derek just stops himself midway because he's starting to get tired. <laughs> All right, All right down to the last two. Let's see. It is going to be Mike. Hey, okay, Mike. I'm interested. Uh, um, so this is where I had outside is Tobias Harris. Pretty okay. much for all the reasons that Demil said, where like he can't hit the three. Uh, but he's more known for his mid-range area. Like, Tobias Harris takes, like, some of the most mid-range jump shots in the NBA. And he, I've heard Mike plenty of times out of his mouth say, I'm a mid-range killer. I'm a mid-range killer. And that's just the type of thing he do. He's uh, very slow with it, you know what I'm saying? But he, he makes the shots. So I, this is where I put Tobias. All right. So I went a different route. I, I think Mike is, like, a dude that kind of takes a lot of bad shots sometimes. So I went mm. Buddy Hill. Buddy Hill kind of like be that. streaky. And he takes a lot of shots, and he gonna get his shot. Of, he gonna get a shot attempts. It's just a matter of if he hitting or not. I like yeah. that. I like that a lot. I kind of yeah. went with the same thing, D Mills. Uh, Mike does have a nice mid range game, but out of shape, Mike relies a little bit on that three point shot. <laughs> hey, that's facts though. That's facts though. That's because uh, I don't got. I don't got to go nowhere. And I, because of that, I put Eric Gordon. It, there's a oh, little bit. They okay. they get into their shot a little slower. But it ain't it ain't nothing that makes them 
it don't it don't uh what do you call it? It doesn't hurt him. It ain't, no. it ain't slow to where it's affecting him. But he takes some time to get into his shot. And you know, I mean, I guess because Eric Gordon plays with the Rockets, we don't really see him get into his own shot like we used to. But it is moments when Eric Gordon does get into his own shot. Mm-hmm. And like like Derek said, sometimes Mike just shoot that mug. And I feel yeah. like that's how I feel with Eric Gordon, especially in the playoffs. I'd be like, bro, what are you doing? Like Eric Gordon has that moment. <laughs> like, bro, why did you just shoot that? It's twenty two seconds left in the shot clock and you just heaved it up. And then he'll make them and you'll be like, hey. <laughs> when, I, when I'm on, I'm on. But when I'm off, I, be, I just got to – bro, I be missing anything when I'm off. It could be a layup. It could be a bunny. It could be anything. But I'm going to keep shooting, though. That's what yeah. I've, never, I've never seen a shot that Mike didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, inside. So when I think about Mike's inside game – it's more of him using his body to, like, overpower yeah. people. But obviously, I didn't want to give him a big man. So I went with another, like, wing type of player that uses his his uh, his strength, and that's Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris uses his body to get to the rim, and he, he ain't afraid to take the contact when he's going up. Um, and then he'll co- also complain if he thinks you fouled him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, those things right there that you just said – Man, that makes that kind of pinpoint about, the, especially the complainer. Mike yeah. will call him a I'm foul. I'm a complainer. Mike will call him a foul. Yeah, especially if you don't make it. If you don't make the layup, yeah. If I if I don't make it, I'll call because <laughs> I mean I need I need the ball back, bro. I'm trying to win. I can't leave that position, and especially if I look bad. If it's a bad shot, yeah, I might call foul, bro. If it's any type of contact, I might call foul. Definitely. I went with uh, Dylan Brooks from uh, the Grizzlies. He posts mm-hmm. up some. You know what? Um, and I think, like, obviously you're not his size in real mm-hmm. life, but when we play, you kind of have his size a little bit. Um, so I, I went with Dylan Brooks. I do like K- KBs, though, because that, that complaining, bro. You will call your foul <laughs> a lot, especially if you miss. Especially I if it's a close guy, game, too. That's what I'm saying. I got to win the game. I got to win. I went with a guy that don't play above the rim, and he's more so just, like, finesse, and he kind of, like, I went with Goran Dragic. I felt like Mike kind of plays in that way. He doesn't have the – like, he, he'll use the Euro step. He'll, like – like, I feel like he kind of gets creative around the rim sometimes. Okay. I like that. I like that I'm crazy. This is an interesting one. I want to hear what y'all have for playmaking. Yeah. <laughs> oh. This bro, is one that kind of took me a while with I got to He's going to tell – look, before you even tell the story, story, before he even tell the story, he tells the story every time, every time we talk about any type of playmaking with my game. And he just needs to bring this story up, bro. It happened one time. This had I to guess be, it's one time too many for him. This had to be like four years ago. Like, it's very, very old. But we were running a game. I am – I think I'm on the wing, and he's at the top of the key. I am wide the fuck open. I am wide open. <laughs> He throws a no-look pass with no defenders around and throws it right over my head and it goes out of bounds. Uh. And immediately I was like, it's over with. I, your playmaking is the worst I've ever seen. So because of that, I gave him JaVale McGee. Because what? He's, because he's a clown. Because he's a clown with his passes. And that's it. Wow. Damn. Yeah. I'm hurt. Yeah. Damn. I'm hurt. I gave him a little bit more respect. I gave him CJ McCullough. Damn. I mean, yeah, CJ McCollum is a solid playmaker, but he's more so out there for scoring. Yeah. And I felt like that's more so Mike's mode. CJ McCollum, a big compliment. That's what I was saying. Really like, okay, D Mills, I had JaVale McGee on one side <laughs> and CJ McCollum on the other. <laughs> I gave you Derek White from the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, he can 
be like a lead guard and, and, and playmaking. We've seen you on your own team. Sometimes we have our runs and you, you can do that. Uh, but then, you know, also you kind of like in my mind too. Yeah. I've, that, seen, I've also seen plenty of times where like Mike could get a rebound and one of us would be up court and, and throwing a full court pass and he'll sort a bitch over our head. It's just like what? Yes. Yo, hey, yes. You, them pass. First of all, them outlet passes. Them be full court outlet passes. So don't just think you have to have court and I'm throwing it over your head. Mm. And a lot of them passes, they be on the money. Y'all just don't be wanting to run. Y'all be lazy. We don't be wanting to run. Especially oh, person in here that just wouldn't want to run or couldn't catch. Yeah, and I'm probably not throwing <laughs> the ball if I see him because I know he's not running. That boy can catch a cold, boy. <laughs> Um, we got three more for Mike. We got defense, athleticism, and rebounding. I got to hear the defense. Yeah, let's go defense. Um, for defenses, this is where I went with D Mills outside scoring. I went with Buddy Hill, man. Buddy Hill was just non-existent defensively. <laughs> uh, in advance, you know, I'm not an advanced stat guy, but I was just doing some research on Buddy Hill uh, before I even did this, and I realized, you know, he was like at the bottom uh, percentile of like defense defending his man and just shit like that. I was just reading King blogs and they were just going on, going on his ass about his mm. defense. So yes, you. And right. I really say that's because you don't give the effort. You yeah, all sleep on my D. Easy way out. Yes. Listen, bro. Listen. I got Ty. I got Ty. Tyler doesn't dribble. He and you know what? Shot. One time Tyler gave him like six points. Exactly. Bro, but listen, <laughs> let's say he had two open shots and then after that is so I was on him. him but listen, but I didn't go easy way out. You didn't want to guard and yeah. you down his shots because you were just not playing defense. Bro. You wanted to guard him. Look, you don't even look, play basketball. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to come in. I'm gonna have to come in on the defense, man, because I know how I play defense. You are because every time we play against somebody at an open run, anything. You try to find, look at who this guy and be like, But oh, listen, because when I play with y'all, I'm mostly like an offensive dude. So I, I, I focus on that more than the defense. And KB usually you have, take the assignment. How do you have a limit yourself because of who you play with? I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm a coach. I'm a coach. If I know their best perimeter score out there, I'm going to put KB on them. I gave your defending to Lou Williams. Damn. Because he just doesn't play defense. <laughs> and he's never going to be on the – like if they're going to get Steph Curry – Usually, Lou Williams is not the one guarding him. He's going to take the easier option, whoever the easier option is. Like we said, we it's been plenty of games where, like, you know how you can look at somebody and say, oh, he's ass. Mike will be like, oh, I got him. And he'll look around and see if anybody noticed. Bro, That's what I'm telling you, hey, if I, if I had to give my defense a name of as a player, I'm saying James Harden. No, the old school James Harden. Old school that's, James Harden. Old school James Harden. That's, 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 that's how I got that's because, look, I, I, when I want to and I need to and I need to say I play defense, but other than that, I probably just don't care. But I got some good hands, though. I, I could definitely strip people and get those That's, that's why I gave you James Harden. And those pass said, you will get steals. some steals and some passing lanes. So I just said he's just kind of bad one-on-one and, like, I, I promise you, I, that's, why I, that's why I love getting the weakest defender because I, I just play off the ball. That's when I'm the best defender, when I can just kind of roam around and help. Okay, okay. But it's also how you get torched. Nice. Yeah, that's why I have to guard people like Tyler. But then they hit two shots and they think they Jordan. Hey, those two shots be big. Yeah, we was, those like, are the we was first, not accounting for those two shots. Those are the first buckets of the game. Two it's, shots. it's like five to two. You started overplaying him and he hit you with some backdoor layups. I'll never forget that. He had the first game. He didn't score no more, but the fact that he had six, man. And we was going to Especially like the first 11. six. We were going to like 11 and he had six. That's a career half of Tyler. That's like Definitely. a four-point game for him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who y'all got for athleticism? 
I have Denzel Valentine. Wow. Denzel Valentine has this like this dad bod, beer belly sometime. He, he's a <laughs> he's a slow paced player. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think I think that's a perfect pick for for Mike. I have Denzel Valentine, but not for athleticism. I have him for my rebounder. Mm. Um, but athleticism, I went with Jared Dudley. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know I always just say he's Jared Dudley. My favorite thing to do is when a, when I, when I'm trying to get a rebound and they trying to jump all over and I just put my body on them and I don't even jump and I still get the rebound because I'm boxing them out. That's my favorite thing to do. You're a hell of a box outer. <laughs> you swear he didn't rhyme in the way he just talked about it. What I about you, man? Kuzma. I gave him Kuzma. Kuzma's for already ab- crazy for athletic. Ab- for athleticism, Kuzma be trying yeah. to jam. Not yeah, he be jamming. Mio's nice with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kuzma got a couple posters, man. Yeah. He got a few posters. Uh, yeah, for rebounding, like I said, I gave Denzel Valentine because he has that dead body. He just lay back on people, get a couple. And you ain't no crazy rebounder. You ain't Josh Hart. But you do what you got to do. And I think y'all use y'all little dead body to y'all advantage to get snagged. <laughs> I, I feel like Mike was a solid rebounding guard, so I gave him Lonzo. Oh, bro! I'm saying, hey, hey, I'm messing with D Mills on the comparison. D Mills, <laughs> yeah, D Mills, didn't see me at my best, bro. The day, hey, I promise you, the days we used to go to the Y and hoop, and you'd be running fools. I used to go over to like the people on the set. It would be Mason and Tyler. Be like, watch this game. I'm finna have a five by five or something like that. Like I used to love trying to get rebounds. So you were just a Hall of Fame, huh? That's because I think I just, <laughs> nah, I think I'm Russell Westbrook. Mentality wise, I love just stuff from the stat sheet. Oh, the, na- the names, the, the guy like this about ain't a bad. No, you know, no, you're not, but it's he's not in the, like a lot. Like Lazo was damn near a triple yeah. double type rebounding guy. <laughs> eight, he averaged like eight, eight, ten his freshman, I mean, his rookie year. I don't yeah. see Mike as an eight rebound per game guy, personally. I'm more around him, four or uh, five. Four or five. Yeah. I gave him Robert Covington. So that's okay. about that's about four or five before he got to Houston. He was running center, power <laughs> four center. So. Uh, hey, last but not least. Last but not yeah, at last and I think it is least. Last and least. We got Contrell Beecham. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, we ain't heard from you for a minute, so you can go and start us off. No, that's funny. You you can take it how it is, KB. I I thought this player was a good match because this is a player that will take him. He not always gonna hit him, but his confidence there to always take him. I went with Chris Dunn. I went with Chris Dunn too. Chris Dunn. I went with Chris Dunn too. Shooting okay. one? Yeah. I, I went with too. um oh shit. Maybe I'm being too generous. I gave you Joe Ingles. <laughs> Thank you. Hell yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Shooter? Thank you. My God. <laughs> the my the God. What? Hey. D Nails make you feel good about Chuck. <laughs> he do, he do. I gave myself Royce O'Neal. He has like the highest percentage of like open shots because when, when I'm playing with y'all, y'all usually find me in the open spot. And he's like an average three point shooter. Yeah. And maybe even a little bit below average three point shooter. So that's why I think that uh that Royce O'Neal. Bro, Man, Chris Dunn bro. Chris Dunn with like two months without hitting the three. So I'm I'm very sad that y'all think that's my three point shot. <laughs> oh no, facts, facts though. Facts though. Right, yeah. facts. For real. Remember the days you were telling me he's like, Mike, I had no I had no points. Yeah. Like no, he was ashamed they... of yourself. He told him he told me he was going to the gym the next day to start well, working on the shot. Doing them wrong. I'm gonna shoot the damn ball. Yeah. I will shoot the that's ball. How... I don't care. I do not care. All right, inside. Joe Ingles, though. Joe Ingles. I, it's, it's just, I think it's because we're we're lefty. I was trying to find lefties. 
Yeah. But there were just one too many out there. It's not. I just many. felt like I could rely. I count. I'm never scared to kick him out the, sh- the ball. So I'm just saying. Thank you. Joe Ingles is solid. Okay. Inside scoring. Yeah. You know, I, I went with Andre Robinson, man. I gotta be. I gotta be real. He, I, wanted he, to, I wanted to go Robinson. I just haven't seen him play in literally almost. <laughs> hey, I ain't gonna lie. I probably say about seventy five percent of the times KB layups be too hard, and they probably might be like hitting all backboard. But I think it's just because he's not seventy five percent. Seventy five percent. No, no. It's no. Hard, bro. Hey, first, you first a- of all, I mostly go to the paint, and I'm gonna do a floater. That's ninety yeah, percent of the time I'm doing a floater. That's why I went with TJ McConnell. I, I went with Ryan Archidiakono for that reason. Ryan Archidiakono <laughs> does nothing but float the ball, ever. I do remember that one time Contreras did smoke a layup, but Mike, it wasn't all backboard. It was just, like, rimmed out. He just missed the layup. Mike acting like you don't know how to. Like, I'm, I'm just throwing that bitch hard as hell every time. Come on, bro. a football player. <laughs> right. Yeah, like a football player. Hey, if we had to pick somebody who was going to miss a layup and it's, o- it's open gonna be tri- me. Okay, but it's then. not 75 per- 75% of the layups I take, I miss. That Come means- on, bro. That's oh, cr- that's ridiculous. He says seventy five percent of the time I'm shooting layups hard as hell. What? Bro, we, hey, you gonna have to show me your incest score next time we get the. Hoops. I'm saying my incest score is non-existent, but I'm not missing seventy five percent of layups. Like that's 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 kind of oh, insane. We, we, we gonna have to get in the gym, man. We gonna have to get in the gym. Well, out of four layups, he's only making one. <laughs> Contested, yes. Contest? How many times you see me could take contested layups though? Yeah, very rarely. Have however, how many times have you made a contested layup? What do you have, D Mills? Right, he doesn't take contested layups. Right, I just if I see somebody at the rim, I'm floating it. I'm gonna float in eight ninety nine percent of the time. Kyle Corver. Okay. He ain't doing much at the rim. Yeah, facts. He'll facts. take an open layup, but he ain't doing much else. I thought he was going to have MVP Derrick Rose, man. I thought he was, too. <laughs> Talking about I finished like Goran Dragic at the rim. Goran Dragic got moved at the rim, bro. <laughs> uh, what's next? Playmaker. I went with Patrick Beverly. Uh, just because they, they're, they're in, their size kind of forces them to be in a guard role. But whenever they're on the court, they're never really the primary ball handler size decision maker but you know what i mean occasionally you'll you'll get a play or two from him but yeah anytime patrick beverly's been on the court he's been put with somebody who do the playmaking mm-hmm. um or just handle the ball majority of the time mm-hmm. he's not the traditional he can and we've seen contrail do it um at certain times of the game but that isn't like the forte of like oh patrick beverly is out there for his playmaking so yeah i feel you uh i'm not I kind of went a weird way. I went with Nick Batum just because I like he's like a literally like the four playmaker. He's gonna be the dude that make the extra pass, or he might be able to make that little skip pass, the bounce pass, the rolling big man. He can make the right plays, but he's not someone you're gonna like look for to for playmaking. Mm-hmm. I went with Clay Thompson. I feel like Clay Thompson's already out there looking to make plays, but he can't hit you on the dive or hit you on the opposite wing yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I, I, it's very rarely that I'm I'm gonna be the guy to bring the ball to the court. I just this is not me. But I do think I'm a solid passer. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I can I can hit the open man usually. Uh, so I think those are all good comparisons. Who you get yourself? I didn't. I didn't know what to give myself for this one. <laughs> um, defense. I'm interested to hear y'all defense. I went Pat Bell. So like KB's that little pestery dude that's always he willing to guard anybody, and I felt like that was him. Good against steals. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I want yeah, I want with Marcus Smart. Like perimeter defense, KB, he's there. And also, like, even when he you somebody trying to back him down, he's still kind of like, I don't know. He played that he sneaky defense. Yeah, he played that sneaky defense. He'll get a block on you. You could be mm-hmm. backing him down and he'll get a block on a jump shot. You could be trying to fade away. He'll still get there. Like he sneaky athletic with it too. I gave uh I gave him Javon, Javon Carter. And the reason I, I like gave that. it is because they kind of have that same personality when it's defend. <laughs> I, I didn't give him Patrick Beverly because a, a lot of Patrick Beverly is like antics, mm-hmm. all of that dumb. And Contreras don't really do that. He just mm-hmm. guards. He guards, he guards, he guards. And his defense is from an effort standpoint, which I think Javon's the same way. He doesn't have like these huge, big hands like Kawhi or this big, a- athletic, strong ass body. Um, you know what I mean? He's like 6'1, six, 6'2. Six, Contreras just go out there, hold his own. He'll block some shots, which to me is timing. Um, and like, even if Contreras gets scored on or somebody hits him with a crossover, it ain't defeating him, which I feel like that's what no. makes Devon such a good uh, defender because he'll get crossed or do something. He's just back in your face. And it's like, bro, you're supposed to be embarrassed. Right. And, <laughs> and now I'm supposed to have an easy layup, you know. I gave I gave myself Matisse Stiebel, um because I, I, I think Matisse Stiebel is like one of the best like impasse lane type guys. Mm-hmm. And I can I can almost guarantee you at least like one pass lane steal. Especially just to start the game. Off the start, oh, to start the game. That's that's my bread and butter. Um, <laughs> that's like the funny, bro. I'm telling you, all the little things of basketball, bro. Like getting those steals, the blacks. Those are those are like the little things I enjoy, bro. When we were playing at light time, and I think KB was on the opposite team, and I was guarding control, and his teammates were bad. Like I wasn't. I don't know. Like I was. You know how you kind of like you faked, like you not guarding KB or your man or something. Yeah. Yeah, they were literally like he. I was making it look like control was open, so I can get the the passing lane still, and they were just lobbing him the ball. Yeah, like I don't like ten second passes while the ball was in the air. Like all threes. Yeah. Wait, wasn't D Mills on my team too? I don't know. I thought. Okay. He was tired. Maybe I'm maybe I'm mixing up days. Maybe I'm mixing up days. That shows how we need to get back in it. Facts, man. But. What was the last uh, category? Was it uh it's athleticism and rebounded left? <clears throat> athleticism, I gave you Rodney Hood. That's a strange one. Why did you give him Rodney Hood? I don't know. I feel like that was kind of <laughs> like his mold. I feel like his body, I feel like his body type was more so like that Rodney Hood type. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. definitely six seven. <laughs> uh, <laughs> athleticism, I went with Pat Connaughton just because, like I said, it's sneaky. You're not really expecting it, but yeah, he can he could jump pretty damn high. Okay. I went with Josh Kogi. Mm. Kind of build. I like that. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know if KB's athleticism is sneaky. I think it is. I mean it it, it is. It definitely is. How high he could jump it is. Cause like oh, I said, man. you you could look at him and you would not think he probably he touching rim or something like that. Yeah, I guess so. But I don't. I, I when they say sneaky, it's because you look at them and you just think they're not on nothing. Yeah, it's a little surprising, but I don't. Th- I didn't think he was on absolute nothing. He don't look like a fucking square. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like sneaky would be if if Tyler just came out of the woodwork. Just because you look at them and it's like you really oh, don't yeah. expect Tyler to do shit. Run, jump, yeah. probably can't tie his own two shoes. Nah, but, but yeah, because I mean, you can expect KB to be like fast and quick. I'm talking about like hops wise, sneaky up there. Yeah. Um, last but not least, rebounding. This was one that was kind of tough mm-hmm. here for me. Um, I, I'm gonna, I'm I want to hear what y'all got. I went with like an, a gritty dude that's not afraid to go in there and get those clutch rebounds. I went like Amon Shumpert. 
Okay. Um, I don't know if he, he don't think he's a really good rebounder, but like I said, he he definitely gonna chase after it if you need that rebound. I went Kobe White. I feel like KB is more so getting rebounds that's like coming to him. He's getting those guard rebounds where like the long rebounds. So I feel like he's not really like getting in there. And it's not because he don't want to. I know he don't want to like go in there risking hurt or something like that. Man, I'm going to Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson? Reggie Jackson's going in yeah. and tag some quietly. I feel like KB is never going to be this tremendous rebounder because he's always playing with us. I mean, yeah. I'm either going to get one. Hey, we all just got yeah. solid rebounders, man. Except oh. for the biggest mom, the biggest <laughs> dude that should be getting the rebound. <laughs> Who would you That's have? I did it. I didn't do these okay. last ones. Um, yeah, I because I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not a rebounder. That's just. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure I probably could if I wanted to, but it's not. It's really all about. Situ- it's it's all not really about a situation one, for me. Want, you know, having to get a rebound. Yeah, mm-hmm. you shouldn't. As long as you're playing with us, you should never feel like you have to go get a rebound. But it's not like I'm going to be under the rim and not jump either, though. You know what I'm saying? If I'm under the rim, I'm definitely going to try. But it's I'm usually guarding the perimeter. So, it's, you know what I'm saying? Any of y'all got anything for yourselves off the top of y'all heads that y'all may have, when we went through, he was like, oh, I would have had this guy for me or anything for me. I wish I would have did it myself. I just did, didn't think of myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think y'all, we play with each other so much. Like, I feel like a lot of our comparisons are just, like, right on the head. Especially, man, the defensive ones, man, y'all don't know. I could get down on that defensive end. I just got to have some yeah, motivation. because you don't show up. <laughs> I, I need some motivation. Yeah, that's no, how I, I think y'all kind of hit it all on the head for me. Yeah, I like mine's, uh The Cal Anderson, I think that's just that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rick <clears throat> Rubio inside scoring was interesting because, like you said, Mike, just to look into pass when you get in that paint. Uh, that that was factual. Then Chris Middleton just being slow and and, and you know, kind of uh, IQ wise doing it. Mm-hmm. That is also true. I'm not going there dunking on nobody, catching no bodies. Um, so yeah, I, I I like mine. I like the outside shooting. I like D Mills saying Rudy Gay for rebounding. I think that's standard. Just you know, um, but yeah, I I like doing this. I have fun. I really yeah. kind of nail y'all. Uh, I wish hey. it was a way to put this into 2K. Somebody can do it, though. You know what I'm saying? I've I've done videos where I was doing something similar to this, like $15 to build the best NBA player, where, like, I'll write down um, – I'll go to somebody and from D. Mills. I'll go get Bobby Portis, all of his jump shooting statistics. Then I'll get all of Derek Favors' finishing statistics. I'll, I forgot who I put for playmaking for him. But I just get all of those, put them together, and then go get their tendencies to match it too. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, you got that player. Yeah, it's definitely doable. So somebody definitely might doable. somebody might do it. Somebody might do yeah. it and put us if, all together. It, let me know. Because the only reason I say it, say it like that is because sometimes when you put them together like that, they be super OC crazy. I've mm-hmm. tried to make players like that, but then they be way better than I wanted them to be. Yeah. Y'all got any 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 news? KBU was talking to us earlier about that Shams article, whatever Shams, whatever. Yeah, he um he said that G all the thirty GMs around the league got the survey late last night, where in it um basically asking GMs different routes to continue in the NBA season. He mentioned that um ultimately it is Adam Silver's decision, but Adam Silver's taking all these GMs. So the different options was like, hey, do y'all want to jump right into the playoffs right now with the 16 teams that are in it? Do y'all want to do some type of play-in for the people that are the ninth and 10th seed and the 11th seed potentially get in the 7th and 8th seed? 
Um, how long of a rest of the regular season do y'all want to see? They even talked about reseeding the playoffs since we will be on location and probably, um, what is it, Disney World? So yeah, you don't have yeah. to worry about an Eastern Conference team playing a Western Conference team in the first round because we're all in one location. So we may see a playoff situation where in the first round we got a Western Conference and an Eastern Conference team going at it. Um, so we're definitely about to see some changes to the NBA. Um, I'm sure they're going to do a lot of experimenting and see what sticks for the rest of the seasons and what doesn't. Yeah. What was yeah, I like that. I would like that. I would like that um that tournament aspect and how the West can play the West and like the East can play the East and like vice versa. I feel like that's very, very interesting for like the playoffs. Because we've never seen anything like it. And now I think it's a time to do that because you have room to experiment and everybody's going to be at the same place. Right. So there's no yeah. reason to even not try to experiment. Yeah. I mean – I, I like everything they're doing too. And Demio said it perfectly. Like this is, this is the best time to just take advantage of what's going on and, and use these, or like test out these theories that you were going to implement anyway. But I mean, I, I'm just keep, I'm just glad to keep hearing the news that they're trying to get things in, in rolling in momentum. So we can't get back to basketball. I'm pretty sure Jared Dudley just came out too and said, I'm pretty sure it was him, but he was just like, I don't think players are going to stay within the bubble of which, like they're allowed to be in. And so mm-hmm. he was just saying like that may cause some issues. Yeah, yeah I thought it too. Uh they were at, I just I just seen it. They were saying, um let me scroll up one second to it. I, I agree though for what y'all are saying and this is the time. I know we've said it a thousand times, but to try anything, this is the, we have the excuse and reason to do it. Mm-hmm. So we should. And if it flops then we just never do it again but if it hits it maybe can be something that you know can go forward but yeah, it says nba teams asking about holding camps at bubble sites so i guess that's what he's alluding to about yeah. the bubble or whatever um i i, I don't know man i mean if they want to do it bad enough why wouldn't they stay in a bubble you know what i mean i think they all know the severity of it mm-hmm. um but yeah, I, I, I want to see it come back though. I, I would love to see a, some type of tournament or plan. Is it fair though? Like imagine being a Grizzlies who have a significant lead at the A spot. It ain't too big, but it's enough to be comfortable. But then one game, you lose to the Pelicans because the Pelicans can beat yeah. a lot of teams like on a one game stretch. Yeah, because don't forget about the Blazers. Even the Blazers, yeah, Dame can go yeah. for some sixty five and they win, and it's mm-hmm. like damn, we just had a six game lead on them. And I don't know if it's six games, but we just had it was like one or two, four game. Oh, okay, yeah, one or two game lead, which mm-hmm. is all that matters. You know what I mean? But it's like you lose it, so yeah. Because I mean, it, it's really comes down to like have the best team, you know, win and, and get into the tournament. But all that work that they have during the regular season, because you know who expected that Grizzlies team to be the A spot, and it was, and then it's kind of just kind of taken away from them at right. that time if they lose that game. But it also it takes like I, well, I know I don't know if we talked about this yeah, last, but Boban is hurt. Like I said, it's Boban four is games. hurt. You mean I ain't no one or two? Huh? Oh, it's, it's four, four games. games? Yes. Damn, I yeah, thought it was still one or two. Thirty-three in Portland is twenty-nine and thirty-seven. Mm-hmm. Damn, I didn't realize it. I didn't realize it was that big of a gap. The reason the play-in is kind of weird to me is that like half of the the Eastern Conference don't deserve it. You know, the Western Conference definitely. I mean, you got three teams yeah. basically tied for the ninth seed, but in the East. The Wizards don't deserve to be in no goddamn play-in. The, the, the Hornets? Be our teams. Yeah, like, come on, the bro. The, the Bulls are 22 and 43, 21 and 45, 23 Those teams 42. don't deserve any any yeah, chance. They had a whole 
more than half of the season to show that they were worth anything, and they Bro, just didn't man. do yeah, it. It go from thirty wins to not, to outside of the playoffs, no team has twenty five wins or more. Yeah, and then you go to the West, and all eight teams have twenty five wins or more, except two of them, which Golden State and Minnesota both have under twenty wins. But then Phoenix is twenty six, San Antonio is twenty seven, Sacramento twenty eight, New Orleans twenty eight, Portland twenty nine. It's such a big drop off, man. It's such a big drop off. I mean, that's just reasonable, though. I, I don't, yeah, a, a play in for the East wouldn't really matter. I don't think you would have to, they shouldn't even look at it as that we have to do both because everybody, I mean, it's just accepting the truth. It, yeah. You got a big drop off there from yeah. 30 wins, which is Orlando at the AFC, to then the Washington with 24. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference between uh, Memphis having 32 and then Portland having 29. Yeah, definitely. Then, um, so do y'all are y'all chalking the Jazz up as the first round exit with them not having Boyan or Boban? I forgot how to say it. Bo-Yan. That was crazy. It came out of nowhere, bro. Um, yeah. I don't want to talk them up as a first round exit, but they would go against OKC if we kept the traditional. Definitely would make it interesting. I would. I would have. I would have liked to pick OKC even with Boyan. I was gonna say the same so thing. So the fact that he's gone. You know, just adds more to OKC, but I don't know yet. We, we have, have no see. idea how Utah's gonna come. Yeah, I don't we know see what, they, what to believe about their locker room and the relationships and all of that. Um, Mike Conley was always in a, a weird guy to kind of figure out for them going forward. Um, I got a question for y'all though, outside of this playoff stuff. Um, what's what's too much for Bradley Beal? So, and the reason I asked for that is because we've seen rumors come out about the Nets potentially eyeing him and we know it would have to work both ways that the Wizards would have to be interested in giving him up for the Nets to, to get him but I was seeing like trade packages on Twitter and whatnot and I was seeing net fans like man this is too much we're just fans like we need a little bit more so I was curious to y'all what is too much for Bradley Beal one of the trade things I saw was like Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen and like two firsts. I know the two firsts might be a lot because you're already giving up three solid yeah. young guys. I mean, what to me, and maybe I'm overhyping Bradley Beal, but he he's to me like a borderline superstar. So I think if you're a team like that Nets team, especially how their roster is built up, you already have a KD and a Kyrie. Bradley Beal is very flexible dude to where how you can implement him. He's a dude that can play off the ball, he can play with the ball. He can have spurts where, you know, maybe the rotation is – KD is on the bench and Kyrie is too, and they're resting. And Brandon Air, um, Bradley Beal is kind of taking over. Like he's he's literally that dude that can lead a team. So for that Nets team, that I might have to t- take anything that doesn't have to deal with Kyrie and KD in a trade for a, a player like a Bradley Beal. Um, but for most teams, if as long as he's probably my second guy, I think that we could we're at it. We got a really good chance at uh, a good playoff run. So I'm I'm giving a lot up for him. Yeah, if I'm the Nets, I'm. I guess it really depends on the team. So if in the in the Nets scenario, yes, I'm giving up. A, I would give up a lot for him because I want to win. Yeah. And we just had a down season with KD being out. Kyrie was hurt the whole season. So if we could bring in a Bradley Beal and we could be right back at the top of the conference immediately, mm-hmm. damn there, why not take that chance? But if I'm the Wizards, I was thinking about this the other day, and I was thinking like, I would want to go for a rebuild and I would want to try to see if we can get another third team involved that would really be willing to take on that yeah. John Wall contract. You try to do, try to emulate kind of what like the Thunder did when they were trading away Paul George and Russell Westbrook. I know it's not the same thing, but like really just try to maximize your future with, with um, yeah. Bradley Beal and kind of let it go. 
I feel like I, I agree. Um, the first couple of years of Bradley Beal's career, he did deal with injuries, but for like the last three or four, he's been like an Iron Man. He hasn't missed a game. So that brings another dynamic to the Nets, especially with Kyrie Irving missing. Mm-hmm. You know, he always missed 25 games, it seemed like. So he'll always be a guy that'll be there for you. So the trade package that, that he just mentioned, I don't think it's anything crazy, especially when you have those three players healthy, you're immediately contenders. <laughs> Contender. You're immediately yeah. contenders for a team that hasn't had that since Jason Kidd left. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's too much. Um Especially since there are already too many cooks in the kitchen, it seems like, with, like, the guard play with them right now, with Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert both needing the ball to be, like, six, like both of them are bad, like, uh, spot-up shooters. Bradley Beal is a great spot-up shooter. You know what I'm saying? So it's just I – would, I, would I would do that trade in a heartbeat probably. Isn't, isn't Spencer Dinwiddie a free agent after this summer anyway? Um, yes, after this summer he is, yeah. So, so they would have to do really some type of sign and trade. They would have to do some type of sign and trade that he would have to agree to. Yeah. Um, so. But yeah. Well, they don't look like he's getting that GoFundMe thing. So yeah, he, got, he, got he already today. deactivated it. Yeah. I okay. think he made like a thousand dollars or something. It was like a thousand, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I I thought the same thing about the Nets. You know, what I mean, they have a lot of guys who are good and have potential, but I don't know how much of their potential could be reached mm-hmm. by playing alongside Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Like, how good could Karis LeVert be? as a fourth option because i mean katie and Kyrie at full strength he's already behind them and then spencer dinwiddie is probably going to get some more shots than him yeah and it's like how how effective could he be with a limited amount of shots he's had a solid year this year mm-hmm. but Kyrie has missed time and kevin durant never touched that step foot on the floor so they're not only two good players but their their best traits about Kyrie and katie is scoring so those guys can take 20 to 25 shots a night yeah and then you factor in spencer dinwiddie taking another 12 13 14 Cares of Bird. I mean, it's only so much of the power. Yeah, I'm there. I'm thinking about just the trio of a, a Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. I, I don't even know if you really have to worry about offense no more. Like yeah, somebody, one of yeah, like uh, on what night is all of them gonna be off? It's gonna be kind of like that Warriors thing. Like somebody gonna be on. Right. If if it's gonna be scary, if two of them are on, and it's gonna be hell if all three of them are on. So. And then from the from the flip side, from the, from the opposite perspective of the of the Wizards. You're getting a Karis Levert who has mm-hmm. potential. You put him in a situation where he can do a little bit more and have a little bit more leeway than he did with the Nets. It'll kind of go back to him when it was kind of like him and D'Lo type situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you add him and Spencer, Jared Allen as well. You already have Rui Hachimura. You have Thomas Bryant. You're going to have another lottery pick this year. Um, so you'll have a solid, a, a solid team. I just don't know what to do about Wall going forward. But, mm-hmm. I mean, what can you do? You know what I mean? Um I, the, the bringing in the third team to get rid of him, D-Mails, I think you would have to attach a Karis Avert or Spencer Dinwiddie, and I don't know if you, you're you that desperate to get rid of him that you're going to already ship away one of the things you got back from Bradley Beal because then that hurts your Bradley Beal trade. So, yeah. um, and then if you can also get two first-round picks, I mean, we're talking about a team that now has Karis Avert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Rui Hachimura, Thomas Bryant, Jared Allen, Troy Brown, whoever they pick in the lottery this year, and then two more first-round picks, and then you also get a John Wall coming back. That's right. not a bad team. I mean, they're not going to compete for anything seriously, but that, that's not a bad little team going but forward. I, yeah, but I think you get, like you said, you get your team not only in the right direction, you get a little bit younger, and it's just like now you know, like, oh, Karis Savert, he's the guy we kind of look at. Him and Rudy Achimura, we don't know how long Spencer going to be there if he did get traded there because – 
you know, he could leave after a year or whatever, but you already have like another, another young core coming in. Plus, like you said, the draft picks, and it doesn't have to be a one year rebuild, you know, expect team like the Wizards, it may take two, three years, but five years down the road, now you're looking at, you're kind of back how you were and you're always one of those teams that's just, you know, kind of be dangerous in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Just like that young nucleus that uh, kind of, just how the, they would be kind of how the Nets was before they got uh, Katie and Kyrie. Mm-hmm. It just depends on where they would fall in this draft, which if they got like a top three, top four pick in this year's draft, that makes it even a more interesting situation mm-hmm. depending on who they were able to get their hands on. So um, I think it's very intriguing from both sides. I know, we all know that the, the Nets are looking to make some type of move just because they do have so much. But again, it's only so effective Karis Avert can be when he's, you know, getting a fourth slice of the pie. So, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, that, that kind of makes me miss basketball, too, man, because this would be the time where, what, the playoffs would kind of be hitting a serious point. We'd be getting close yeah. to the finals. Yeah, we'd be in, like, the conference finals right now. We would so be in the teams finals. would have been eliminated. We would have been able to see, like, oh, they need this, they need that, and rumors would be rapidly. Like, man. if they had been eliminated, we would be talking about trade packages for Ben Simmons and Joel B, maybe depending on how they got eliminated. But since we haven't seen anything, we can't say anything about anything. I got a lot of people DMing me or when I go live on Wednesdays, they talk about rumors and different things. And it's like, it's only so much I can answer to that because mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. You know what I mean? I don't know what the Jazz would need because I don't know what the Jazz look like. I haven't seen them in so long and they're in the playoffs. The Wizards and the Nets are only capable of talking about because we know the Nets aren't going to do much because their best player is, is out and Kyrie's been out. And we know that they're going to look for a trade, and we know the Wizards suck. But all the other teams, I can't tell you what the, what the Celtics should do next year in a mm-hmm. agency or the, the 76ers because there's still, you know, still le- something left to be seen for them. Yeah. I mean, the, the Celtics could see, right, like they could be in the playoffs right now, seeing if that, that small ball, like Aaron Baines, at, not Aaron Baines, uh, Daniel Tice at center work for them, or if they need to in the offseason and get a man that can fill that spot for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm anxious to get this back, but um, only yeah. time. Okay. We, got, we got time, and then I say I think it was yesterday. I was on, it was Twitter. I think it was Twitter or Facebook, but it was the anniversary from KD and the uh, KD and the Thunder were up three one. Uh, yeah, uh, one of the yeah days where we thought KD was about to be that man. He was about to go to the finals, but biggest what ifs, man. One of the biggest what ifs. They were playing game six of that on yes on uh, NBA TV a few days ago. I was mm-hmm. watching with Roscoe. That's a Roscoe, man. That changes a lot, man. That changes a lot. Because Clay was going crazy. You know how it is. <laughs> Hope y'all enjoyed this episode, though. Uh, I, I I just know y'all will. I think this is some of the favorite type of stuff from us that y'all like. You know, uh, hopefully we can we can continue to find different things like this to do in the future, just to switch it up some. We still got to get them a, um, a after show full type episode, you know. Um, people have been hitting me up like, are y'all still going to do after shows? Why y'all? So, you know. Um, but yeah, peace. Peace out, y'all.